Hello again, and welcome to Faith, Family, and Politics. I'm your host, Joshua Cummins. Today, we're going to have a really big show today. Yeah, we are. That's our good friend, Louis Rodriguez, over there next to me. He's the host of Rodriguez Rants. We just had a new episode of that come out. Uh, hopefully, we're getting back in studio. We just keep recording some more. I had a lot of fun co-hosting with you, Lou. That was, that was a blast. Likewise. Thank you for having me on there. Uh, he, he, norm, he normally goes it alone, but he, he allowed me to share his space, and uh, and we had a good time. Yes, we did. Um, so make sure and go over and check that out, because we had in the past two weeks, we've had a couple of those videos come out. Uh, this this new this latest one we uh, we we talked about the ladies on the View. Oh, no, there's <laughs> there's an intellectual conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little bit of a cat fight between a couple couple of the the uh, co hosts on there. Um, so so a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the guy that just spoke up there that uh, you know him you love him uh, he, he's uh, one of our most frequent guests. My father Gary Moore, he's the host of More on the Moore. Um, uh, you make sure and check that out on YouTube as well. Yep. Um, not on rumble yet. Nope. Not, no, yet. not yet. Okay. we got to get you an account. Um, I think I've got one. I just haven't uh, uploaded any videos yet. All right, cool. Yeah. I don't I'll transfer it over. Once you have a rumble account, whatever you name it, that's, that's the, that's the name of that account forever. So, um, make sure you got something you really like, <laughs> <laughs> if not start a new one <laughs> before you upload. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, it's what like, is, a t- it's like a tattoo. It's forever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no tattoos. So don't have to worry about that. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> it is good to be on, uh, back on, and, uh, looking forward to a really good show. Yeah. Just and our brother Louis has said, so. Yeah. And well, and it's, it's even, it's even better to, uh, you get to come in here. It's just what you're like, I think second time as a guest without having to bring the message, right? It's second or third. Uh, just a few times. You got to go. You, you guest hosted one time. Guest hosted. Uh, you know, forty five showed up. Yeah, it was so, one. Yeah, so. I, I, I man, I missed that when Trump was I know, here. I know, I know. It was pretty exciting. Uh, it's not often that you get to sit beside the president of the United States, but uh, <laughs> I think I handled it quite well. You and, sure uh, did. <laughs> and, uh, we we stayed in true form. We didn't get too starry eyed or anything. So that was a good opportunity. Maybe I'll take the opportunity to. Host again sometime when uh, you need me to, but uh, just uh, good to be on here and to support uh, support you and uh, Louie and uh, the one that's going to be bringing our message tonight. And speaking of, it's our very special guest, young Mr. Christian Warpel. Thank you for joining us, sir. Yes. No, I'm glad to be on here today. Uh, uh, what I've been praying about was the message today. I got to well, think about it a little, a little bit. There you go. Um, I got to praying about it in a little bit and, and, you know, I kind of got to thinking about something that everyone, a lot of people really struggle with. Some people probably more so than others. And it really has to do with spiritual discernment. Oh yeah. A lot of people struggle with, well, is, is this the Lord leading me to do this or is it not? And sometimes people will claim that they, like, this is a confirmation from the Lord. But sometimes with how it turns out, it, it start, they start to question themselves, well, maybe that wasn't the Lord in the first place. So a lot of people can just start wondering. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to bring a message today that can kind of help us just maybe look at things from a different perspective on how we can eliminate some things based off mere observation 
Because I would like to take a passage today that will show us that if we leave things solely on what our senses can observe, what we see and hear, it can still lead us to a false conclusion and mess us up in the long run. So the best thing we need to do is to always keep God in the picture, consult him about the matter, because he can show things to us that no one else can show us. Absolutely. And then we're always in a better position yes. to make a decision. Completely. And so that brings us to our title, yeah? That leads us to our title, A Prayerless Decision. That's a pretty good graphic. Perfect. Uh, yeah. don't, don't tell me that. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, I got I to gotta get myself lashings. That's yes. what <laughs> I can't be too prideful in it. Yeah. No, it uh, <laughs> no, that worked out well because there's a lot of times um, you, you, the graphics that you come up with kind of hit spot on. And uh, a lot of times we don't look at the glass. We don't look in the mirror correctly. And the mirror's dark. Yeah. And when we're not consulting the Lord, all we get is the darkness of the answer. And, it's usually the wrong wrong answer. <laughs> but yeah, I, well, I thought about the the scripture that you you sent me because before the show, there's a little behind the scenes here for for those out there. Uh, I always make sure that I've got the name of the message ahead of time, and so I can make a beautiful thumbnail for you guys as, or as best I can, and uh, and then uh, also uh, you know try to base it uh, uh, as close to the uh, the message as possible, so it kind of ties in. Um, but I was thinking about the scripture that you sent, and then that title and I thought uh, I thought of a guy frustrated because mm-hmm. if I'm making a decision without prayer um, I, I would think it'd be awful frustrating yes um, so that's that's why I uh, had chose that particular uh, picture mm-hmm. yes good cartoon would be you know some guy running into a wall yeah. <laughs> uh, James James could tell us a whole lot about that, Kenny. Yes, your poor brother. <laughs> we'll get to that in the family portion, I yes, think. Bro, I think we've used that story, so No, no, not yet. Really? Yep. Alrighty, maybe we will. <laughs> All right, Christian. Good story. <laughs> not to de- not to derail you too much. Yeah, no, no, no. Yes, Let's go ahead in. and uh, get a um, a prayer over this message and uh yeah. All right. Yeah, let's have a word of prayer real quick and we'll dive into the message and See how the Lord can help us by shedding light on his word. All right, let's have a word of prayer. Lord, we love you. And uh, Lord, we just want to make, I honestly believe that so many people would obey you if they were 100% sure that this was what you wanted them to do. Lord, there's a lot of people that struggle, not in their obedience, but Lord, more so in just wanting to know for sure that this is of you. And Lord, uh, I believe that this passage here in your word can help shed light and help us in a, in a special way that, Lord, we can apply it to our lives. And Lord, there's many people struggling to make a decision. They're not sure what the right decision to make. Lord, we're turning to you. And uh, Lord, we just pray that you would shed light on the passage we're going to look at today. And I pray that it would be an eye opener. And Lord, help us to help it to um, help our faith to grow and that prayer does work, and that you're able to give wisdom liberally if we ask you. And Lord, we're asking you to bless now that we, that your son may be glorified, and that we may be able to live a life in obedience to you, so that, they, so that at the end of our life we can say, I honestly did 
what the Lord had for me to do in this life. Lord, we ask for your blessing. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, as the, I'm taking a text out of uh, the Old Testament. Uh, it's during Israel's history, actually the book of Joshua, chapter number 9. And it's, it's the, it, the story takes up the whole chapter. Uh, but I'll briefly summarize some things. So I'm going to pinpoint just a few points that are in this passage that all resulted from one key verse. And this, them not obeying one thing caused a big mess up. Now, to understand what we're going to be looking at today, to understand how they messed up, we need to know what the Lord told them in his word beforehand. In the book of Joshua, the main course of the book is Israel's military campaign as they're going through the land of Palestine. They're taking over the land, conquering it, and settling there. And then the land being divided among the 12 tribes. At this point, they've, been, they've left Egypt. They've crossed the Red Sea. They've been through the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. And now it is time that God told them, go to the land. This is the land I've promised you. Settle there. And, but this is the thing. Moses, their main leader, had died. And now Joshua is the next one in command that God had told that he was going to be the next leader of his people. And he said, Joshua, he said, he mentions it in their law, in Deuteronomy actually, he says, when you go into conquer this land, there is going to be inhabitants there that are, you are not to get involved with. Because if you do, they will turn your hearts away from me, and you will turn to other false gods. He says, when you guys, when you guys are going about conquering the land of Palestine, do not intermingle, do not get involved with the people of the land. That was a one big rule. So as they're going throughout this military campaign so far, they have been very, very successful. But there comes a little a situation, so to speak. Yeah. They were approached by a certain people that we're going to read in our passage called the Gibeonites. These Gibeonites were people of the land. And they came to Joshua and they presented themselves as if they were come from a totally another country. And they said, Joshua, people of Israel, make a peace treaty with us. Promise that you won't hurt us. We'll be your servants. It looks like an innocent thing, something simple. But there's something wrong that took place. I'm going to read you just about a few verses, and we're going to pinpoint two or three things. And I want to show you what, what happened here. The Bible says in Joshua 9, When the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done unto Jericho, to Ai, how he was, had successful 
uh, victories there. They, the Gibeonites, did work willily or deceitfully and made as if they had been ambassadors and took old sacks. They took old sacks upon their asses and old wine bottles that were rent and bound up. They got old shoes that had holes in it. They took old garments, and all the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. Then they went to Joshua, and they said, Make a league with us. And Joshua says, Who are you, and where are you from? They say, We become from a far country. Now here's the verse I want to focus on today. One verse. And the men, talking about the people of Israel and their leaders, and the men took of their victuals and asked not counsel at the mouth of the Lord. So Joshua made peace with them and made a league with them and let them live. Hmm. Now I'll summarize the outcome of that decision here in just a moment. It said that these Gibeonites made as if they were ambassadors, made as if. That means they, they pretended, they put on a costume, they acted as if they were someone they're not. It sounds pretty similar to things we're experiencing today. Yes. Yeah. And they went up to Joshua and they said, look, uh, we're not from this land. Uh, obviously, you know, God told them, do not get involved with these people at all actually you're the he told them to smite them these idolaters so they said uh we're gonna dress up like we're poor people we've been on a very long journey and they said joshua look uh obviously we've been on a long journey i mean look at our clothes they got holes in them they're filthy dirty from the disc from the travel Look at our bread. It was hot and fresh when we left home, but look at it now. It's all dry and moldy. That only, that can only take place over a period of time. Obviously, we're not your neighbors. You know, we've come from a far country. Make a league with us. I got to admit, if I'm coming from a long distance, I'm out of bread. That is a very excellent point. Yes. I mean, you know, it was like they, they made... And, and that, that should have tipped Joshua. It's like, these guys have went out of their way. I mean, the shoes got holes in them, and they left the holes. If you've, uh, I'm, I don't want to necessarily say I'm an old-timer. I, there's some things, work boot-wise, that you're a penny pincher on. And inevitably, you will see duct tape on a pair of work boots that a guy likes to wear but they've got a hole in the sole. And so he's going to tape it up. He's going to stretch those boots he's as far as stretch them out just because he knows I, I try to go to work in a new pair. My feet are going to hurt worse than being a little wet. So well, it's just, it, it, it's amazing that all the little tales that they gave him, he just, I mean, uh, well, the, 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 he, he took a hook, really line, and sinker. Yep. He, he sure did. Oh, that's a really good point you brought up about the moldy bread, too, because I was thinking about like that uh, as soon as you said something. Um, think about farmers. 
like, um, and cause I'd spent some time on a friend's farm recently and he told me like how, how, uh, farmers plan out their, their winters when they go and can and, uh, and, and jar things for throughout the winter, they know exactly how much it's going to take to get throughout the winter. Everything is very measured and exact. Yeah. So I'm guessing that back in that time that they would have had everything measured. Like this is going to take this long of a trip and let's take this much. And it would, like you said, they'd be out of bread because they would have measured out exactly how much they needed to get to where they were going mm-hmm. likely. Yeah. Um, and so if they knew, especially if they knew where they were going, <laughs> yes. and the, the only reason they would even potentially even have moldy bread is that they didn't know where they were going. But then it still doesn't make sense because why would they hang on to it? Why wouldn't they have just gone and, and eat it if they know it was getting close to time for it yeah. to uh, ferment? Mm-hmm. Yes. It, 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 it's amazing how um, y- you look at that and – you see that point that they they made they made details to show how how bad they had it, and it also identified well you know we heard from where we were in a far country. Jericho or not Jericho? Um, Jonah went to Nineveh. Yeah, Nineveh was a three days journey across the city. Okay, so it took them three days for everyone to get the message, let alone for the king to get the message. So someone goes through, you're going to go, someone has to come from the land, someone has to survive Jericho or AI or lives as a, a parasite, a parasite, a heotite, a um, jebusite also. So someone from those lands would have had to have traveled to a, another land going, oh, woe is us. They were pagan. They just kind of viewed it as these people aren't going to kick our tails. And so, you know, I just, there's just so many tales and no one bothered to look at the logistics of it. It just, none of it made sense. So, yes. Whenever you pull at somebody's heartstrings, though, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Manipulate the emotions. Yep. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. And, uh, you know, what we see here is that it said, that main verse that I pointed out when it said they sought not counsel the mouth of the Lord, it said before that it says they took of their victuals, which is another way of saying they examined exhibit A, exhibit B, and they said, well, I hear what they're saying. I see the moldy bread. I see the patched up shoes. And and obviously, they, they have to be telling the truth. Right. They, that's what they're thinking. I took They took of their victory. I don't have to pray about it. I they're, What I see matches what they say. Therefore, they must be okay. We're okay to make a peace treaty with them, let them stay amongst us. But they ended up messing up. And as we see, that kind of shows us that they they based a decision based off their observances, their senses, what they saw, what they heard, what they felt, emotionalism, yep. and they made a decision, and it led them to a false conclusion. So we cannot rely solely upon our feelings, what we can see or hear, and determine that that's truth, because oftentimes it's not. 
And uh, I, I actually thought about this as I was studying. Here's a good example, and I'm sure most people have been through this situation before. One time I was at work. I used to work for a landscaping company, and I was digging this. Uh, I had a trench shovel. I was digging a trench uh, for something to go down into it, and I was working for probably a few hours, and I just decided just to stop digging. I just stopped, stood, and just put prop one foot up on the shovel, take a quick breather. I just kept going and going. And right as that did that, I mean, you could not time it any more perfect. As soon as I stopped to take a breather, here comes the boss exactly when I prop my foot up on that shovel, and he hollers at me for standing around. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. But see, from his observation, all he could see was he didn't see me working the past few hours nonstop. He just saw me standing there, and he made a decision that say his conclusion was he's loafing around. He's not worth his pay. He's not earning his money. But was his conclusion the truth? No, it was not. Right. And that's what we have to realize when we're making decisions, when we're trying to find out, does God want me to do this or does he not? We cannot rely on our, on our senses by themselves. We have to always consult God. Pray about it. See what God's Word said about it. And as we read in our text today, if we keep reading, it says within three days, three days after they made a peace treaty with these Gibeonites, they found out that the Gibeonites lied to them. And, you know, actually they found out, if you look at it on a map, the Gibeonites were within 18 to 20 miles away from the Israelite camp in Gilgal, 18 to 20 miles away from their camp, and they made it sound like they're just, you know, like maybe hundreds of miles away. Yeah. They're making it seem as though they're, they're Central Asia. Yeah. And they're not, you know, they're like, they're West Side, we're East Side. <laughs> <laughs> Mediterranean uh, speed speedway <laughs> to Cumberland or yeah. uh, speedway to uh, these are local yeah, references that the, the yeah I know some of I our know. listeners won't get um, <laughs> we have okay. listeners in Pakistan Alrighty. too Dad Alrighty. Uh, Indianapolis <laughs> Motor Speedway to Lucas Oil they'll, they'll have to they'll have to Google it if they get <laughs> I'm sure there's been enough people that have that have made the trek to the track at some point in their lifetime. I think there's mm-hmm. enough viewers that, that, that have seen maybe, that. Maybe so. Um, but you know, it's, yeah. or for, if you're in Tennessee, um, Knoxville mm-hmm. to Oak Ridge, yeah, we got um, some, some listeners in Tennessee, uh, Florida, uh, destined to Panama city. And uh, let's, let's, let's not go through all 50 states. Let's, <laughs> no, let's, let's, let's no. let Christian get into his message a little it's further here. Los Angeles and San Diego. <laughs> hold him up too long. Yeah. No, we're good. We're good. We're good. But it's, it, it's, just it's quite of, a distance. Let's put yeah. it that way. So it, it's like I said, um, Nineveh was a three days journey to get across. Um, I don't have it in front of me. And I didn't, when I saw what, where you were going, I didn't think to kind of figure out what a day's journey was. And, I mean, you're walking everywhere. Um, some people had little mules, but for the most part, you were walking. 
Um, Jesus walked everywhere, and there was uh, Paul walked everywhere. Um, Paul logged miles. You know, you got people that go through and say, well, you know, I do marathons. <laughs> Haven't even come close to Paul. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, so I'll go ahead, go ahead. It's, uh, it's just. Journey's got to get her two cents in. Yeah, I know. It yeah. just, I, I guess She's, the, the other had some point that I'd like today. to bring up is, is kind of like the old saying, if it looks too good to be true, I know that's probably the case. It's not true. Exactly. And it just, this was, they made it look perfect. I mean, they they did a better job than the panhandlers on the side of the road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone can reference that one. So yes, yeah. there you go. That's a universal. Yes. So yeah. So the big thing was there was a there was they were deceived. God's people were, and it all resulted from a lack of prayer. Mm-hmm. They thought you know I I've heard actually people make I've heard someone make the comment where they'll give advice and they'll say you know I do that I I don't even have to pray about that. You're always safe to pray about something because you have to say, Lord, uh, this is what I see. This is what I hear. Lord, would you please show me what I can't see that you know what's going on? Shed light on my path. That's something we all need to consider because our senses can be manipulated. Our thinking can be manipulated. Someone's words can guide our thinking if they word things the right way. It's a matter of deceit. And the Bible talks about how we have an enemy out there, our adversary, the devil. He's crafty. He's like these people. They worked willily, which is deceitfully. I read a passage today talking about the devil. It says he was full of, full of wisdom. If there's anything that he can work on, it's people. He's been around a long time. A lot of times he has the same tools. He knows a lot of people rely upon what their feelings tell them. Mm -hmm. And he can work in a way where he can deceive you and do what these people did. And what was the result of them not praying about it? They ended up violating the scriptures. Because as I mentioned towards the beginning, they're in their law in Deuteronomy, before they even went on their military campaign in Joshua, he told them, when you go into the land, do not make no covenant with the people of that land. And they did. And because they didn't pray about it. And now if you continue to read Israel's history, uh, you'll see these same Gibeonites, these same people pop up later around uh, uh, King Saul's time, or I'm sorry, King David's time. The Gibeonites pop up again. And when you read the chapter, you'll find innocent people dying. Why? They'd have had nothing to do with what took place back in Joshua's day. But it goes to show you that our decisions today can affect what happens to some of our future children, grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren. They can go through stuff 
as a result of as what we make today, some of the decisions we make today. Generational curses. Yes. Yes, that is a real thing. So anytime we leave the Lord out of something, bad things are very capable of happening. They're bound to happen. (laughs) And they were deceived. And we can be deceived today. So quite easily too. Yes. I mean, it's, yeah. it's everywhere. I mean, they have a, you have the the media. You have uh, of of all sorts. I mean, internet, television. Yes. Uh, I mean, everything's right there at your fingertips, isn't it, Lou? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think when you look at that, that's where what when Paul is uh, speaking to the church of the uh, the Ephesians, um, in the sixth chapter, um, do all things with prayer and supplication. Yes. And um, I think it's in uh, Galatians, or is it Ephesians also? Um, pray without ceasing. Hmm. Galatians? Oh, I think it's in Thessalonians. Thessalonians, yes. Thessalonians. Uh, first or... Well, I digress. Um, <laughs> anyway. Th- I know that those are in there. <laughs> that. Paul said, pray without ceasing. <laughs> yes. And that doesn't mean, you know, you're constantly, you know, you're... Eyes are closed and you pray twenty four seven. You got to work. Um, you know he identified that also. Well, prayer comes in many forms, though. Yes, it's not yes. Just, but yeah. uh, realistically, you start your day. Um, one of the things that you need to be praying is, Lord, give me a discerning heart. Yes. Today, and and that that's a key factor. And so many people is like, well, I I pray in the morning. I was like. You have prayer. You have a, a systematic prayer. And then you have um, gospel-filled, Holy Ghost-ordained prayer to where, you know, you are not just speaking Scripture back to God because God don't mind hearing his word coming from your mouth when it comes to prayer time. But yeah. it's it's kind of really identifying. It's like, Okay, Lord, um, prayer Jabez, probably probably one of my most uh, favorite prayers uh, for people, especially for um, missionaries. And I think every church should really kind of pray um, this prayer kind of, um, and that is put a hedge of protection. And that hedge of protection isn't just just, you know, protecting them from the onslaught of the devil, but, you know, um, Battle comes in middle many forms. So in that hedge of protection, it can also be that discerning spirit that says, hey, whoa, back up, time out. What you're seeing isn't going to work. It's not part of my plan for you. And so oftentimes that's the stuff we can't hear because we're not prayed up. And... One of the things that Joshua should have been doing and they should have been doing, and they're, they've got multiple prayers, and that'll be a study that someone will bring up at some point, all the different prayers that the nation of Israel had. And uh, so with all these different prayers, I mean, God was trying to get them not to be systematic in their prayer life. He wanted them to to find the joy and the love. It's like you're speaking to me. Let's talk. Let's let's commune together. I mean, 
all God wants is that same. He wanted with Adam Eve the same thing that he got with Enoch. And I brought this up Wednesday. The conversation that God and Enoch had together was so good, God said, let's just finish it on my front porch. Yes. So Enoch walked with God, and then he wasn't because God took him. I mean, you know, we all don't want to die fast. But, I mean, if if you got to be separated from the earth to be present with the Lord, I kind of like to know that a conversation I'm having with God is what sent me there and is what brought me there. Here Joshua is given the opportunity for great victory. He'd already went into the land. And I'm kind of backtracking just a little bit on your message. He saw how good it was. Him and Caleb were, it's like the grapes are so sweet, the melons are so sweet, the honey, the milk, all plentiful. You got 10, and I, I love how Chaz put it. It's like 10 said nay, but two said yay. Oh, yes. And, uh, <laughs> yes. I'd love to, love to find that little song here. Um, I'll have to look it up on YouTube. But it all starts from that simple fact. If you're not prayed up, you're going to get knocked down. God will pick you up, but sooner or later you're going to get knocked down. Why did you get knocked down? Because of different situations. Now, granted, there are tests that we go through, and I really say I think we can honestly say this was a major test. And uh, so I don't want to kind of drag that out any further as families we all go and go through tests yes so as as you said um as josh brought up not only are the kids are being lied to but they're being lied to in school yes they're manipulating our kids in school and lying to them mm-hmm. and they should bring back religion into school and yes. the prayers mm-hmm. that's what they should do so these people don't start making up their own stories about it should be like this, gender like this, or this is going on like this. We need the prayers back in our schools. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, that's so true. I, um, uh, I'd like to bring out, um, uh, kind of sum up a little bit. And then I'd like to quote a first, a few verses as a way of the, the Lord giving us advice and counsel on how to go about our life, knowing that we observe things and we need discernment. And uh, we can be deceived. If we, if we leave the Lord out of it, we're going to mess up. We're going to affect other people down the road that had nothing to do with what we're doing. And if you want to read about that, whoever's listening, it's uh, in 2 Samuel 21. You can read about those Gibeonites popping up again. Uh, But the main thing I want us to take away from today is that one of the lessons in prayer is this, is that something, whatever decision you're making, something can look right, appear right, as you're looking at it. You're analyzing the situation like this looks fantastic. That does not mean it's God's will. It could be, but also you have to consider it may not be. Just don't let your senses be the your main source of discernment. Judge your feelings 
by what his word says. And let your feelings conform to what he says in his word. Because they left God out of it. They violated the scriptures. They violated what God told them in Deuteronomy. And they messed themselves up and they messed up their children's lives down the road. But this is what the Bible tells us. I'm hoping this is encouraging to you. Whatever it is, the Bible tells us that if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and it shall be given him. That's prayer. It's one time that it's good to have something given liberally. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Two things are given by God liberally, chastisement and wisdom <laughs> when asked for. Let's go for wisdom. Please, wisdom. Please, wisdom. <laughs> right. That's absolutely right. And uh, here's the thing. I wrote this down, too. Uh, uh, when you read about the, the full armor of God there in the New Testament that Paul writes about, it only lists, uh, it miss, it lists armor that protects you, the body, spiritually. But it mentions two pieces that are for your offense and what you can use to counter the enemy. And that's the sword of the Spirit. We know that's the Word of God, the Scriptures, and prayer. You need both. Because see what happened? They had the Scriptures but because they lacked prayer, they let down one of their offenses, defenses, and it messed them up. You can't do away with the Bible. You cannot do away with prayer. You need to consult and do both in whatever decision it is. Those are the two weapons in the warfare in our Christian walk. So I'm going to conclude with this statement, and I'm hoping it's a help to all people who are seeking God's will for their life and trying to make a right decision. Before making a decision, pray about it. Consult the scriptures. After you do those two things, every time, you will always be in a better position to make a wise decision. Don't ever answer or make a decision too quickly. Always give yourself time to pray, think, and study, and then make the decision. I'm sure everyone's probably heard someone say this. Well, you ask them a question, they say, well, l let me pray about that. That is the wisest thing anybody can do. Because it just shows you how we can mess things up. Yeah. For ourselves and other people. So when someone says, let me take time to pray about it, give them that time. Don't just say, I need an answer within 30 seconds. I need it now. Always make sure that you give that person before you Ask them the question. Always make sure you leave room for them to take time to pray. And that's the message I have today. It's fantastic. That's fantastic. Good. That's good. Uh, I heard you talking about using discernment and then being deceived, easily deceived, and that's that's something. Like again, once again, going back to to Louis's point that we're seeing in modern day, um, is the 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 kids in particular. Um, facing down a whole world of deceit um, and pulling at their heartstrings to do it. Mm -hmm. um, now, 
you can feel however you want to feel about TikTok. But I, I and I, I'm, I'm bringing I'm bringing that particular social media up for a reason. <clears throat> so many of our young people uh, in America are consuming that particular application on on their devices, and um, because these videos are so short and they're so quick, the deceit can just be force fed to them. Actually, that's why they call it a feed, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's how you, that's mm-hmm. what you're, yeah, uh, junk in, junk out type of thing, you know. And uh, they they're they're learning about all the wrong things, all the things that they can, and the, but they but they use this empathetic look at things because I, I feel like these people are actually empathetic to what they what they think that they're supporting. Um, unfortunately. They're not following what the book yeah. says, and they're not using prayer. Um, a lot of a lot of modern day Americans or the the young Zoomer generation, um, they don't even know who God is. No, they do maybe, not. Maybe they never even seen a, a church on a Sunday morning or, or Wednesday night, um, and they don't have any way of knowing how to think. We, we've talked about that many times in the show is that this, this how to think there's, there's 66 books of truth that we've been given. And that, that teaches us how to think, how to approach the world. God's word gives us how to approach the world and, and the young kids don't have that. And so instead they're feeding them themselves this deceit and their heartstrings are being pulled. They're just, just, just deceived all over the place. And they have, they don't even know which, which end is up because they don't even know to pray. They don't know. They don't know that it's just that easy that they can, they can go to God in prayer, and find um, a better way. Mm-hmm. Their prayers right now is their cell phone. That's yeah. their prayers. Yep. These young kids, all they do is on their cell phone all the time. Those kids in school, the teachers are having problems with these kids in school because. They are in school with their cell phones, playing with them and texting. And the teachers are having problems with them because of this. It's a big problem in the school right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's rough to see where our society's gone. And the bad part is, is um, you know, a lot of people today will go through and say, well, it's the government's fault. No. Let's, let's, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll send it to to the top of of the list correctly it starts at the pulpit if the church isn't doing what they need to do to secure society secure the family um and secure the community that's shame on us yes um, you Th- know, that's when, why shows like this exist to let you know like we're ringing the alarm bells yeah like hey the family is a, a very important thing. A mom and a dad and kids. It really is. It gives it gives the kids the best leg up that they can have in society. Not to say that being raised in a single-parent household is impossible. It's, it's still possible to be a good, productive member of society. Yes. That's not saying that. But the best leg up that kids can have today to 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 balance 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 is the key word but it, it's finding that balance. well even statistically speaking too yes i yes. mean they just have a better chance at, at getting uh, a good education a good job whatever whatever have you to to lead, be be good, good productive members of society but not only that be uh, if if it's a bible believing home 
and they they're going to church or the, you know because for for well mm-hmm. raising raising James and I, Louis, believe it or not, church was not a choice when we were kids. It was you're going. I think you yeah. probably, probably got some of the same right, and um, I thank God that you guys instilled that mom and dad. They said you're going, and I'm and I thank God that that happened because that set me on a path that I would have n- not have chose for myself probably, especially in my teen years. You, you know how I was in my you teen know, years. I know what you listen <laughs> un, to on un, the music. Un, unbearable. I know that devil music that you listen to. <laughs> I was un, I was pretty unbearable as a teen. I'll admit it. Um, right here on on camera. It's it's internet forever. I know. Okay, it's, it's forever. <laughs> You're welcome. But because church was not a choice as a kid, and I had that how to think, I had that built to build on. I had mom and dad to look to uh, for a lot of advice. There's a lot of a lot of things that. I would have chose the way way out left field, wrong path. Um, things that happened to me that um, I, I would, yeah, I would have just chose a very bad, uh, bad well, path. I, I could definitely <laughs> state we Mom were not Ward and Gene. Uh, June Cleaver, to say the least. So no, we, no, we weren't the we weren't the model family, um, <laughs> to say the least. Well, is there is there really Leave it one? To Bieber. Yeah, <laughs> is there really a model no, family no, but, out there? But I mean, um, in those early sitcoms, that was one of the things that they tried to portray: is this is what the susqu- the sequential, 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 yeah, sequential. <laughs> I still said it wrong. Sequential, sequential. There you go. Um, Just you know, this is fanatically. This is the the proper American family. Um, Two point five kids. Um, maybe a dog, um, mom that's a homemaker, but keeps everyone in line. Um, hubby's, you know, coming home wearing a suit, and um, which even at that kind of seemed um, kind of odd in my later years, kind of watching it. It's like, okay, for me, my parents, dad worked for Chrysler, not Stellantis, or uh, whatever they want to call it now. Uh, he worked for Chrysler. When and, it was still American, uh, yes. Yeah, when it was still American. <laughs> and mom worked for Delco, which is now called Delphi, which is a division of GM. Also when it was still American. <laughs> yes. And uh, so just I had, I was part of the, in essence, the beginning of the microwave generation. You know, I got to see the microwave come in, revolutionized everything. Um, yeah, that was the seventies. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, in the end, we want kids to have that perfect family um, situation, but it's not always working that way. Mm-mm. Uh, Mom was saved. Dad went to church when he was a kid, but shooed off religion, and uh, we've had our fair share of arguments on that one. Yeah, and uh, I'm almost at a spot um, for the next three months. I'm probably going to grab about ten people, and there's going to be a list of about three people that I'll be. Here's the three people. One of them's getting saved before December thirty first, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we set we set goals like that around here too. Yeah, uh, because I, I we lasered I, in on this guy over yeah. here and prayed for him, and and, and, and here he is. <laughs> and we lasered in on Alan. He's right with the Lord. <laughs> he, he may not be present here tonight, but 
but he is out there with Jesus in his heart. So, yeah. um, and I've, I've got got my uh, sights set on, on on a few different people now, yeah. new, new new targets, so to speak. But it's, but it's then still trying to go back and check in on. Yeah, <laughs> keep track of the new converts. Go but ahead, Lou. To have good kids and respectable kids, you have to be a good parent. Yes. If you're a bad parent, your kids are not going to be very good. If you mistreat well, them, if you're doing drugs, yeah, too, too those kids are going to follow in your yes. footsteps. But there are exceptions to that rule. Well, there's yeah. yes, not there. too many of them, but they yeah. are. But there are Statistically, there. they're more likely to fail Yeah, because they're just going to see the success or the lack thereof in that so, picture. So bring, bring them bring them up in the way that they will yeah. go and they will not depart from this yeah. in their old age. So. And a lot of times you got to watch close. out. <laughs> yes. yeah. A lot of times you got to watch out with your kids too, because you could teach them to be right. But once they get on that street, yeah. they're meeting these other kids and they're learning from them. So I think it's teach uh, your kids. Harley, uh, a clock there. It's He's, Harley 30. Come on, people. So you have to teach your to kids not to listen to those kids outside. Yeah. If they're telling you or directing you to the wrong direction. Now that you just brought up a beautiful point, Josh is sitting over there bragging on us. But the one thing that he didn't like that we always talked about is he was concerned about his friends. Mm -hmm. And I said, those friends ain't going to pay you bills here after a while when you grow up. (laughs) And I said, those friends are just going to find you in trouble. And everybody going their separate ways. Exactly. He he told told me, I'm a slow learner. Christian. Yes, I'm a he, slow he is a slow learner. He's, <laughs> You'll find that out. He's got the knees to prove it. He's a slow learner. <laughs> one, one, one really bad one. Yes, minivan yeah. and him. It was a Dodge Ooh. that hit me when I was 17. Wow. Yeah. Neither Ironically. one dodged yeah. apparently. Um, <laughs> and so you know, it's like the boys were like, you know, why do you got to constantly know where I'm at? I was like, you're my kid. You're my responsibility. That's right. And his, you know, his Kim, his mom far worse than I was about it. Um, in the end, I, I know boys are going to be boys. That's why there was two things that I told the boys um, that, you know, so many people will go through, well, you've got to tell your kids the dangers of smoking, drugs, and alcohol. And I literally, I looked at both of them, and I said, now listen, I said, I know at some point, you're both going to try a cigarette. I pray the taste <laughs> just is dislikable to you, and you don't. You will both try some form of liquor at some point. Everyone does it. And I pray that you don't get into drugs because you've got friends that do drugs, and do you really want to look like that later on in life? And that was the way I presented it. I mean, so many other people are like, well, all these pamphlets. I'm like, no, they're going to be stupid. And but you didn't have to you, you know, didn't have to say that too many times either because you were leading by example. Yeah. I mean, once we were old enough to understand what all that stuff was, we seen that you didn't partake in all that stuff. And yeah. so um that example kept kept well, I mean, I didn't you know, go for cigarettes or uh I did I did um as, 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 to, to, to be brutally honest. Uh-oh. Uh when Laura and I we tried <laughs> She did try champagne when we went to uh, a hotel together. Um, and New Year's Eve. 
it was yeah, it was like a New Year's Eve party thing or whatever. And they 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 gave us a free bottle of champagne. Now, if, if champagne is free, that's going to tell you something right there. That's probably not good champagne. <laughs> <laughs> It's some of the best stuff to a wino. Free is real good for a so, wino. And and coming from somebody that just doesn't drink alcohol, that's going to be even worse, right? So um, Laura and I both, and she she drank before we met, but uh, after after we got together, she she just didn't do it anymore. And so we're we're both sitting there like, well, let's 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 give it a whirl because it's it's here, it's free. And uh, no sooner than we both we're both sitting right next to each other, uh, get it, get it on our lips, and we we're both spit take on each other, and. <laughs> like, well, that's it. No more alcohol. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> yep. So, so your words, prayer they, worked. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's that, that's kind of the thing. Uh, that was something my dad never never did. Um, so I, heck, I had beer probably back when I was five. Not a whole can of beer, but I'd had beer. Um, it was a different time, people. It was the seventies. <laughs> we were a different generation, way different than you guys. Way tougher. We get hurt. We just rub we're, some dirt on yep. it. Yeah. We, 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 well, the, you know, millennials. We, if well, the 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 early millennials. Well, I gotta say that. Let me preface that. Early millennials. There's, there's a generation we rub, that's on it. in between, in between <laughs> Gen X and yeah. the millennials that that got some of that old school education and that old school education worked well for them. And, and I I think that's, and that's some of the generation that is still raising entrepreneurial spirited kids. And that's the one thing that I, I, that I like about what we're trying to get accomplished, but yet we've got a government that keeps trying to stifle it. But, you know, as, as a family, now I will admit, uh, I played my fair share of tricks on the kids. Um, uh, but I, I think it's critical. Lead us into the story it's, about it's, James. It's, yeah, well, <laughs> don't worry. I plan on hitting both of them. If I'm going to hit one, I'm, I'm going for the bleachers. Okay. I'm double, I'm double home roaming, home running tonight. <laughs> home running. Um, <laughs> you got Cam uh, making hand motions over there. He's trying to keep up with you. Yes. So. Here we can do. Yeah. For those that are watching on radio, I'm sign languaging right now. <laughs> listening on radio. Those listening on watching on yeah, watching on radio. He's got a real face for radio, folks. Ah, yes. it's, it's, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Um, but Josh, I'll tell on him first. All right. And, and you know, to be a good dad, you provide the food. Food for the house. It's a Friday. Kim got off work. Um, she probably had to work over. I'm wanting to say it was uh, it was kind of a cool, so it was probably closer to the Thanksgiving time. So she's like, well, pick up some pizza. So I placed an order for Pizza Hut. I stopped in at the Pizza Hut that was on um, in Indy, one of the Pizza Huts <laughs> in Indy. References are. Because, because not all of you know my city. Um <laughs> My town. Um, But, you know, I swing in. I pick up the pizza, breadsticks, a couple two liters. You know, so we're set. 
I walk in the house with pizza, breadsticks, and a couple two liters. Josh runs up and goes, oh, wow, cool, pizza, can I have some? Sounded about just like that, too. <laughs> and, and me being a I think good it was like dad, eight years old. I thought this was the perfect opportunity for a lesson. <laughs> I said, no. And it was as if I, I, had, I had crushed him. You know, it, it was the Imperial <laughs> Army. No. And just, you know, kind of squished him down into a little person about yay. You, you told know. an eight-year-old chubby kid that pizza was not for him. Yes, pizza was not for him. <laughs> you broke my so, little fat heart. So, <laughs> tears, he runs, he runs from the front door around into the kitchen and says, he bought pizza and he said, I can't have any. Kip's like, Gary, what are you doing to that kid? And I'm like... I'm like, well, if he's going to be like that, know that I'm not going to give him that. I, you know, I'm going to give him pizza. I bought pizza for the family. <laughs> you know, pizza came in the house. There, there's not many times pizza came in the house that they didn't get to partake of the pizza. The only time there was pizza that came in the house that they didn't get to take is when they was uh, went with their mom over to visit um, their grandma. Um, Kim's mom over at her apartment to take her grocery shopping. Now there were a few pizzas that I purchased that were just for me, <laughs> um, especially if yeah. they came from uh, Rollinos. That was yes. a <laughs> um, a pizza joint in Indianapolis. For and whatever reason, it just that it was, was the, it was spot. It was it hit the spot in all the right ways. Um, I won't say it is the best pizza in the world. But it, well, it was now. You're yeah. going, they gone. Um, no, I think there's one still over there on, on the west side. Oh, uh, is it on the west side? I believe there's one still on the west side. I won't swear to it. Well, if there, if there is, I'll have to take you. Um, but it just, for whatever reason, it just was good pizza. It had, was uh, very similar to pizza that we'd had in um, my hometown of Kokomo. So, But while we're on the subject of pizza, that leads you into your other story, right? Yes, actually it does. <laughs> so once again... We're out for pizza. <laughs> Seems like a central theme with this family. We like oh. pizza. And we're not Italian, really. Really. I mean, can't confirm it completely. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, not that that's racist or anything. Just, just no. you know. But <laughs> Italians are white. White. <laughs> or white. Uh, <laughs> so, little Jim, there was a game that the kids would play that, You'd kind of fake run into a wall. You'd run up to the wall and you'd slap the wall and then act like you hit it. Hit it with your face. Well, I just felt like, hmm, here's another teaching moment. <laughs> I said, Jim, you're doing it all wrong. And the rough part is, is if you're listening to radio, this isn't going to be a completely full effect. But if you will listen and hold on to my words and we'll do this, if you're driving, please pull off. <laughs> I'll give you a moment to pull off the side of the road because this is good. You've got to be able to picture this completely, not only in your head, but you have to have the visual. I looked at him, and I said, all right, now I want you to take your hands and interlock your fingers just like this. Get those fingers in there locked in. Put these behind your back like that. So behind your back, interlace your fingers like this. Back up against the wall. Now, we're at a Little Caesars back before Little Caesars just went, um, well, 
before they died and came back. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I guess that's be be about the right analogy. They came back sure. with five dollar pizza. So trust me, there was a little stretch that they kind of they were pretty good. Yeah. Anyhow. Anyway. Interlocking his fingers. So he's interlocked his fingers behind his back. I said, now, back against that wall. I said, then run as fast as you can towards the other wall. He got about a foot, foot and a half, and tried to get those fingers apart. And unless you open your hands like that to where you can take them apart, you can't pull that apart. It's a lock. Chinese uh, handcuffs. Yeah. <laughs> so he got his hands about to the, his side. Right about the hip. All he could range. do was lean his head back when he smacked the wall, bounced, hit the ground, and slid probably <laughs> five to six foot from the wall. He hit the wall so hard. The manager that was counting the drawer that he had just swapped out, heard the crash and come out. It's like, is everyone all right? I'm laughing. Kim's hitting me like it's all my fault. <laughs> what kind of was? I want to state, I was not at fault in this situation. <laughs> this was a teaching moment. Someone looked at the vitals of the situation and says, this is feasible. I can do this. I can make this work. He was like four. <laughs> he was a little older than that, I think. Um, but no, it was so. He took off. He bounced off the wall. Kim's hitting me. And she's not picking Jim up, which is interesting. A mother should have ran straight to the child and picked the child up and loved on the child. Instead, she was hitting me. <laughs> why why did you do this to my baby <laughs> jim's already standing up dazed and confused going what just happened and i'm like you just got taught a lesson the next time someone tells you to go over against a wall and interlock your hands don't do it yes <laughs> so so he could have used more discernment Yes, he could have, definitely. <laughs> the discernment on both my boys' parts was not, I mean. Yeah. The you force know, was not strong with us at the time. No. <laughs> See, they were in the wilderness for 40 years. You'd think yes. they would have gotten a little bit of discernment. <laughs> Jim and Josh, I'll give them, they were kids. They weren't full of discernment when you're below 10. <laughs> and uh, so, to say the least, the, the lack of discernment was, was clear. The force is not strong with you, young Padawan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Good good to, to always go back and, and hear them old stories and laugh. Have a good laugh over them. Uh, um, you know, uh, life life can be a little uh, harsh on us sometimes. And, and so, um, and, and last week was, like I said, a little more, a little more heartfelt uh, um, as opposed to, juxtaposed to previous or other, weeks we've had so good to have some good funny stories yes. uh that we can enjoy and and now you know a piece of my life christian that uh, you didn't before and it's on the internet forever for your enjoyment so yes uh, <laughs> he has a great love for pizza had i can't it doesn't not so 
good okay. anymore right. on the tummy. No, you still have a love for pizza. It just, it just doesn't to like be a love hate relationship. It doesn't like doesn't like me back. <laughs> I guess you could say it's like about half the marriages of today. <laughs> yes, that's rough. You know yeah. something else that uh, um, somebody likes but didn't like him back as, as a dress code uh, for for John Fetterman, and that brings us to our first politi- politics story of the night. Was that oh, a pretty good? Was that pretty good? Yeah. yeah oh, thank you. <laughs> We've ran it up the flagpole and everyone saluted. Get <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the trumpet out. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, it's coming from Fox News is our first uh, story of the night. Is Senate- that truly a reliable source? <laughs> <laughs> a little more reliable than CNN, but you know it's it's getting ever closer. Yes. Um, but uh, they they did do well in this story. It's uh, so Senate unanimously passes resolution to reinstate formal dress code after uh, Senator John Fetterman controversy. Um, uh, the the Senate unanimously passed a resolution late Wednesday formalizing business attire as the proper dress code, while on the floor of the chamber following bipartisan backlash after Senator uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. A uh, Democrat from New York quietly relaxed the dress uh, requirements last week uh, lo- that allowed Senator John Fetterman, Democrat from Pennsylvania, to continue to wear uh, hooded sweatshirts and gym shorts. So he doesn't exactly match those around him. Well, now, he, he was in like a work shirt, a gray work shirt at one point with shorts on. It was kind of hanging off him, but, you know, um, I, I think it's critical to have a dress code. I mean, for those that are watching your show, if we didn't have a dress code, I'm not sure what kind of ratings you would have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clothes are not an issue of being optional. They're required. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, we have, but we have yes. a lot more relaxed than what they have now. Yeah. But, no, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, what, what he, what, what Fetterman was wearing, the, the, the hooded sweatshirt and the shorts would have been acceptable here as long as you're covered. Right. But the, yeah. But the idea is that you're supposed to be a representative of the people, and I, and I would think that um, being a representative of the people, that you would want to present yourself um, in a um, minority, in a way. Okay, yeah, so a good good fashion. I, I tell you what, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they could actually adjust it to where they could run khakis and Oxford pullovers. Uh, yeah, and and the, so and they, that that would be. But but leave it to but, you know to that, government. That would to, be casual Friday attire, and that would be fine. If in, in the end, all the guys got to do is put on some pants, and uh, they, they, yeah, they know. probably would have probably would have done just fine. He probably could have still wore his hoodie if, yeah. if he had some pants on. But I don't know why he didn't choose to. But it just looked like he was running around in a sweatshirt and his boxers. It just doesn't work for me. Yeah. The yeah. guy's from Harvard. He 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 went to an Ivy League school. Don't act like. I'm a people person. <laughs> to to just, me, it looked like he should be answering the door going, you rang. <laughs> <laughs> but that would still work in a suit. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, it would work better, better in a suit. Better in a suit. Yes. Yeah, at least yeah. then he would look more formal uh, yes. saying it. Um, but, th- but that being said, that's why this was a bipartisan bill. So Sen- Senator Joe Manchin, um, Democrat from West Virginia, who's actually – pretty cool regardless of being a democrat because it's usually a, a, a derogatory derogatory mark against you in this group but uh um he's he's a, he's actually all right and senator mitt romney a republican from utah and that goes the other way he's he's more of a rhino is what we call them a, re, a republican name only but you know they re, they said that it requires that members abide by a dress code when on the senate floor the new written rules include coat tie and uh, slacks for men 
uh, the resolution does not detail dress codes for women members. So, but I don't think so far that they need that. Um, it's the, the women tend to dress rather uh, modestly. Uh, modestly. Yes. And so um, unless that situation arises, I think they'll be just fine in that department. Um, I, I'll just finish. Well, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I got to re- recount my thought. Okay. Uh, would you have anything to add on this, Christian? Well, I, I remember when I was reading that article, I got to thinking and doing a little research on the matter and just um, thinking about a couple things. I do think that a person, uh, I know a person's apparel, uh, obviously, I mean, like just normal casual apparel versus business attire. It does not reflect your heart, nor does it show a reflection on your work ethic. But as far as presentation goes, I do think it is important to have certain standards uh, because there are, even you can see it throughout history, people of author- who have authority or in leadership, I think they ought to carry the traits of an authority figure. And uh, if I may, I know we're on a different thing now. This, I read a couple things, even scripturally, that pinpointed that it was obvious who the leader was. And there was a distinction based off their apparel. Like a, a, like a Roman centurion, he was over 100 men. How could you distinguish between the soldier versus the centurion, who was the leader of that man? Well, one of the distinctions was the... Uh, the headgear that he wore had that real feather top. Um, that was how you could properly distinguish the leader of that group. He was an authority figure, and it was based on his apparel. Or if you can say, uh, even Jesus said one time, he said, uh, those who wear elegant clothing, they're in king's houses, which that, that's apparel in a, for an authority figure, a king. And one other example, even in the Old Testament, Ahab, he was one of the kings of God's people. And uh, one time he was in a battle in order to save himself from being uh, hurt in the battle. He changed his kingly clothes to look like a regular soldier so that people could not distinguish him between an authority figure versus a common soldier. So there are apparel things that are associated with authority and leadership uh, or people who are in leadership. And I think that uh, how do you word that? I, I do think like in him being in the government, being a senator, um, I think out of, since he stands for the people, I, I do think it is important to have a certain standard that people should be able to distinguish. Um, uh, they, they, how do you say what I'm trying to say? You want to have the traits of the leadership. You want to be someone that someone has confidence in following following oh yeah, yeah. The representation and, um of, of the people yes and uh, your your look dictates people if um zz top said a sharp dressed man um the ladies will see the cut of a man's suit and they'll they'll look at him and um if you see a guy with saggy pants you know he's thug you see a guy that's dressed up, you're like, okay, there's a guy that's got his life together, probably got a six-figure account, um, drives a nice car. So she's already planning out who he is. Now, granted, I know there's yeah, well, rappers can, out there yeah, that, that could have lead you good into, income. Yeah, but, yeah, they they know, could lead so you into keeping up with the Joneses as well. But, but yeah. 
But you know, but when you're in a position, you're, yeah, when like you're this. when you're looking at life in this in this fashion, I, I get it. He wants a level of comfort, and that's where he's comfortable at. But I he's also a little too comfortable. <laughs> I also look at it as if you choose to live life that slobbish, then you're half-hearted with your work. Yep. Um, uh, one gentleman says, if you want to start the day off right, you start it off with prayer and making your bed. When you do those two things, you're set for the rest of the day because you've already set yourself on a path for victory. Yeah. And you don't think making a bed's that big of a deal but then you have, at the end of prayer, you make your bed, and at the end of making your bed, you've completed two tasks on a day that has many tasks. And that's why it's critical to kind of to lock yourself into a victorious mindset, I guess is where I'd like to go with that. What you got, Lou? When you're in that position... Feeding the and helping the people and representing the people, you do not come to the White House wearing a pair of Reeboks or Nikes, gym clothes or a hoodie to represent us. No, you wear the proper clothes that you need to wear. It's like you said, you got to wear proper to have people respect you. But you're coming in there with gym clothes and a basketball on your side, you know, and wanna unless you're going us. over to the uh, the White House basketball court. Well, that's for, for, different for that but, pickup game. That that's a different story. No, that's a whole different but, thing. You know, yeah, no, it, it's right. It's it, it really represents you. You you want to represent, and if you're going to represent correctly, you got to look the part. Mm-hmm. So I like where we're at with this one. I, I think we're in a pretty good spot. We all agree, man. If you, he's also represented. Um, now he is Pennsylvania. Well, I know he's from Pennsylvania, but he also chairs a committee. Yes, yes, he, yeah, he's in okay. the committee. So, so you are your number one, and there's five or six other people below you. So, if that's the case, then you need to represent at, as one to show the others that you've got the ability to handle this job. And I just can't see you having it when you just you come in looking like it. And his attitude, i got to say, is also not representative of people either because um, he used he, – now, sarcasm is welcome when you're on a podcast. I'm sure with that that's fine. We use it all the time here. But this man, when they're talking about matters of Capitol Hill, he's regularly using – uh, sarcasm, believe it or not, he's a, he actually can get a full sentence out now. Um, and good for him. <laughs> it is good for him. I, I, I actually, I actually prayed for his health, regardless of how I feel about his politics, which are wrong. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> that being said, uh, he's, he's rather sarcastic about a lot of very serious issues. And I think that, um, that is not the time or the place. Like I said, you know, if he's out on a podcast or if he's on a radio show and he wants to talk about it that way and be sarcastic and, and even silly, if he wants to, that's fine, but there's there's no place for that when you're actually on the job. I mean, uh, what do you think about this, Lou? If, if you if you showed up to your job and then um, you were sarcastic and silly with the boss, how do you think that that would probably turn out for you? 
Not well. Not well. <laughs> it's going to be a short day, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> sure is. Like so many things, he probably would get get get, get kicked out, right? <laughs> I'm always yeah. getting kicked out of somewhere. <laughs> He's a professional yeah. at getting kicked out of places. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. speaking of uh, establishments, um, coming from the New York Post, that leads us into our second um, article tonight. The second Republican presidential debate, uh, they had live debates, uh, and they were bickering about economy, energy, and China, uh, and they couldn't resist calling out Trump. Now, um, seven 2024 GOP presidential uh, aspirants uh, sparred over the uh, auto workers' strike, health care, inflation, and President Biden during the second Republican primary debate. But Trump remained the elephant not in the room. Haha, <laughs> pretty good. Um, he even got a new nickname out of uh, out of the night, despite being three time zones away from the stage. The candidates uh, converged at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library in Semi Valley, California, for the two hour verbal rumble. Yeah. That <laughs> it was two hours too long, I tell you. Um, started at nine p.m. Not quite the rumble in the jungle, was it, Lou? <laughs> <laughs> it was so boring. Um, on Fox Business. Uh, seven of the eight candidates from the first uh, debate were uh, after former uh, Arkansas uh, Governor Asa Hutchinson uh, uh, failed to qualify. Uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, biotech uh, entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy, um, f- former South Carolina Governor and Ambassador to the United Nations Nikki Haley, Senator Tim Scott, former Vice President Mike Pence, uh, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, um, who was busy eating sandwich most of the time, and then uh, and North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum, who looks a whole lot like uh, Count Dracula, if you want to pick him out on the stage, if, if you're looking at the at the, the folks there, um, battled it out on, on, on the debate stage. Uh, meanwhile, former President Trump, the GOP frontrunner, by 56 points, by the way, um, spent the evening visiting Michigan to rally with striking members of the United Auto Workers Union, so uh, showing that he's a man of the people. Um and I also, I watched that speech and, uh, and that speech was also about two hours. And I tell you, if you compare the speech versus the debate, the speech was so much more entertaining. I could actually stay engaged. And he talked about the issues of the people. Um, but with this debate, um, the people on the stage were lacking. They didn't talk about the issues of the people. They didn't talk about too many things that were, um, it sounds like if they if they're bickering they're they're having some form of conversation and I guess I'd use that term loosely. Did anyone seemingly offer solutions? Um the one that got closest in my book, well, actually two of them got pretty close to offering uh, some decent solutions. Uh uh Governor Ron DeSantis uh from yeah, Florida. Yeah, they were getting on him heavy. Yeah. Um and then Vivek Ramaswamy, who I would say probably won that that la- the previous debate, that first debate. Vivek Ramaswamy. Um, well, DeSantis had, got better as yeah. DeSantis was late. definitely better in this uh, round, and 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 as it got later, yes, um, it's almost like his energy picked if up. If you go through <laughs> and you quote Obama, you can get some good points. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Vivek um, was uh, they they spoke over him. Uh, quite a bit. They 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 were they were not they were gunning for him 
pretty harshly. Um, so any solutions that he was, was trying to offer or, or speak about, uh, they talked right over him just about every time. They were really gunning for him because they knew how well he did and how strong he was in that first debate. And I really feel like Vivek probably should have just went ahead and joined Trump in Michigan and spoke to the auto workers, spoke directly to the people, and just skipped out on the debate. And I think his numbers would have skyrocketed and, uh, and, and get himself a little closer to um, not necessarily being a, a, a presidential frontrunner because obviously Trump's going to keep that, I think, all the way up until. Um, but he, he would have uh, solidified his uh, spot as a potential for VP uh, in that book. Well, if you, if you watch the... You watch the speech. He didn't see any VP material there. He didn't. No, and he didn't. Uh, so in those debates, I know there's going to be that back and forth banner, banter. And I really would desire that they kind of seemingly gave better solutions. I mean, they, I, I know they're going to take pot shots at each other. And just the simple fact that it really came down they, to they didn't being really two attack each other so much as a Trump. That was that was kind of the, the united front between at least half of them wanting to live. Um, they they really especially Chris Christie. That's like that's the only reason he's on that stage. Yeah, it has nothing to do with. Well, uh, in all honesty, I'm surprised actually, that he had made it um, and not stopped by the Whataburger or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> from one fat guy to another fat guy, Christie. Stay away from the table. Um, <laughs> and that also goes to the political table. Um, you're just not going to make it. Um, leave the debate and stay the course on what you needed to stay the course on. Um, he's there to bash Trump or defeat Trump. The Democrats are doing what they can to do that. In the end, I need them to really start giving solutions real American solutions and they need to be, um, realistically, if they want to handle the next debate in a good fashion, it's like you need to start off with, okay, here's my plan of attack. It starts today. I've already decided if I'm not the front runner, I'm not the front runner, but I am going to affect change. And that's why I'm running for There's the change. I plan to affect and, and literally lay it out and say the Republicans need to start doing something that's up there uh, because I know Scott called Ramaswamy out on his uh, Tim Scott, yeah, um, on some of his background. Yeah, yeah, because some of his past was a little little more checkered than he they led people to believe. Yes, um, and because because I watched that first debate and I'm like, this guy's kind of on it. But then I saw the video of the stuff that um, Osama Obama said in his. I don't know if there's much difference. <laughs> no. Well, what is his first name? Barack. Barack. Or Barry. For and short. What's his middle one? Hussein. Hussein. That's what it is, Hussein. Yeah. And, uh, but he went through it. I mean, it was like verbatim. They they showed Barack going through and making the statement. It's like, who's this black guy? And he goes, well, who's this brown guy um, dressed up in a suit? And yeah, he pretty much uh, um, I'm like, lifted. Really? 
it doesn't work for Joe Biden. What makes you think it's going to work for you? Um, but now they they need they need to get off bashing Trump. That doesn't get anything accomplished. Um, if they want to defeat Trump. They need to start rallying the people and and punching those that are sitting in those offices right now, telling them to get their heads out of their backsides. That's about as politely as well, I Well, I think you put it really well when saying coming up with solutions. Simply yes. going to the stage, not bashing each other, and, and talk talk about what they're going to do, what they like, really can do. And, uh, you know, I, I think if they do that plan of attack, because right now we want to hear solutions. We don't want to hear, well, we'll put a committee together for that and we'll spend the next six months. Back on the Fetterman thing, I remembered my thought of process on that. Hey, full circle. We can't manage to balance a budget, but we can vote on clothes. No, we're going to go through and we'll dress up in suits, <laughs> but we can't pass a budget. Yeah, we'll actually get to that. That goes right into our third story. Yeah, but just so before we go. go into that third story, did you have anything to add on the, the debates this week? Uh, actually, no, I don't. I'm actually, there's a lot of information that I'm, uh, that I'm learning from you guys and you guys see things and that, and hear things that, that I'm not. And it's actually how I'm actually learning just sitting here. I feel like a student. <laughs> yeah. So if you guys could just continue on, and, uh, this, is, this is great. <laughs> but, and that's why we do this. Show. Yeah. That's why we do this show. Why they do the uh, show. Cause we've talked about it so many times that uh, and, and this is this goes back to a conversation that Sterling and I had that God doesn't stop at the church doors on Sunday. All those values that you learn in that sixty six books of truth, those go out with you. So God is with you, and He's He's relating to every portion of your life, not only in in your faith, but also with your family, and even going in over to your politics yeah. and how you how you make those decisions and who you choose and and the policies that they yeah. they are because it goes back to your values. Um, yeah, the union says you vote with your wallet. Don't vote with your heart. And you got another group of people that says, well, don't take God in there and think you're going to be voting right. And it's the, Pastor Don says, God goes everywhere with me. So he's going into that voting booth yeah. with me also. Yeah. So, yeah. And let's get on to the next one. <laughs> and, you know, you definitely need discernment uh, when you're voting on bills. If you, if yes. you are representative, so that, going into our last uh, article of the night, bright coming from Breitbart, um, we like Breitbart, don't we, folks? Uh, Kevin McCarthy, there will be a government shutdown if Biden stays on the sidelines while our border is destroyed. Uh, there will be a government shutdown if President Biden stays on the sidelines. House Speaker uh, Kevin McCarthy, Republican from California, told reporters this week. Just like we've had uh, strikes in California and Michigan embassies uh, ev evacuated around the world, uh, his lack of leadership has uh, catastrophic consequences. He continued sharing a clip of his response to reporters. The Senate has not done their job. The Senate has not taken up the house, uh, the housework. Uh, he emphasized calling uh, on Biden to step in and do something about it. Uh, otherwise, government will shut down. He said, pointing to the tremendous lack of leadership from Democrats. Uh, just like we're having strikes in Michigan, just like we, ha uh, we had a five-month strike in California, just like we have uh, embassies that are having to be evacuated around the world, 
That's lack of leadership. So show some leadership, he said. Uh, This is your policies. This wasn't a policy that was passed through the House and Senate that opened up this border. It was simply your decision, McCarthy said of Biden, noting that he could, quote, do something to change it. Um, It would keep government open while we finish the job, and hopefully the Senate can get uh, around to appropriation bills, McCarthy added. McCarthy's remarks uh, come as Republicans attempt to pass the uh, 12 separate appropriation bills funding the entire government through the 12, uh, through 12 different vehicles rather than one big um, one big one like an omnibus bill uh, or another catch-all funding bill for, so that you know because usually when they do those omnibus uh, bills um, that's a lot, a lot of times the earmarks get placed in there yeah. uh, and and Democrats sneak things in there that they're not necessarily attached and they'll say oh look uh, it's it's for the veterans. It's for the children, but they've got things in there that are that are not good. They're not desirable for. And that's why, um, that's why there's been bills that have gone through, that that have that you're like you look at the surface of it, and they earmark billions of dollars, not millions, billions of dollars, on very stupid stuff, pet projects and different things, and then then they'll go to the media. It's like, well, the Republicans didn't vote for the veterans. And then the Republican comes out and says, hold on, let me, let me back up. I didn't vote no on the military. I didn't vote for um, taking stuff away from veterans. The Democratic senator that was sitting out here telling me what I didn't do and what I should be doing put this in. Yeah, but see, what what, what happens is those Republican senators and congressmen, they go on the news uh, uh, and, and these podcasts and they talk about well, I didn't vote for this. This is what I actually voted for. This is why I voted no on that. Um, but they try to explain themselves. But the majority of people don't see that. They don't know. And so they just that all they heard was Republicans pounce. Uh, um, Dan Bongino, a uh, great radio show host, he actually took over for Rush Limbaugh. He has his own podcast. Uh, Christian, really good. He's a really good uh, reference for you to, to check out. He'd he get you up on politics. Um, and he's libertarian, so he's kind of middle ground on a lot of things, but he's, he's rather conservative. Um, not that those words actually maybe necessarily mean anything to you currently, but over time they might. Um, but he will tell you that once you see this, you'll never unsee it. Republicans' reaction to something um, is uh, is is how Republicans do things. They don't they don't preemptive. They don't stop. So that's what this this is the hope is that the use of this strategy separating it out into 12 different smaller bills to give conservative Republicans more leverage in winning key policies uh, and policy battles. Um, because then they can say this bill was about this, right? And it can't be carved out for anything else. It's, it's about this. And um, I think it's a really great way to, to show them that we're, we're going to vote for the things that we're going to vote for. And it's going to be, parsed out and actually the people can go back and look at these bills and see them and not have to read 4,000 pages to figure out what it's really about. Yeah. We, we don't have another Nancy Pelosi. We need to vote it into law. So we know what's in it. That's you, you, you don't buy a home sight unseen. You don't buy a home that's not been inspected. You certainly don't buy a car sight unseen just because the guy says it's running. 
doesn't mean it's running right. So things have to be done correctly. What you got, Lou? This is a job that Biden and Kamala is supposed to be taken care of, and they're not doing it. They rather get on, complain about guns or any other things about schools or the, but they don't want to talk about the people coming through the border. They don't want to do anything about that. They want everybody to come in. And then what happens? We're going to be in a worse inflation uh, than there is because where are we going to get the money to feed all these people? Well, it's in New York, we're having the farms stop right now from yeah. doing any progress or produce. Um, right now, you're going to see York, food shortages. That's what um, you're going to see. New York is being urged to give the Venezuelans uh, work visas. Yeah. And that's going to solve the problem? No. It's like we're, you got people moving out because you've got them moving in. You say you can't house them. And now you can't afford them $10 million a day. Send them home. I understand there's an American dream, but these are going to be the, some of the same people that will turn a community into a Venezuelan community. And then I'm supposed to go through and say, well, you know, they have a strong heritage. Well, if you want the American dream, what do you got to act like? If you want the American dream. Well, the ones that come from El Salvador, they're bringing in uh, what they call Mata Sabaducho or um, MS-13. Yeah. And uh, that brings a criminal element element in. Um, so that it's even more cartel mentality, uh, gang mentality. Um, they, uh, the Trinidad's, when they come in with their, they have the Trinitarios, which I think you probably seen mm-hmm. those in New York, Louis. Um, they, those, these, are, these people are real serious. They run around with machetes. So um, no guns. Um, so th- this, this is, we this is the kind of no stinking guns. We got machetes. <laughs> I have no idea how Trinidadians talk, but, uh, <laughs> so I can't do an impression just, for you, <laughs> but just, I, I, I could tell you this, uh, if a whole group of, uh, fellows is running around with machetes, they probably mean business. Um, and they're, especially in the New York area where you're not supposed to have any guns. And they're probably up to, to no good. I'm, I'm just guessing, yeah. uh, you know, they're not, they're not looking to slice any melons. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, at least not the ones that you can eat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this is the kind of thing that's coming over the border. They're not, it's like Trump said, they're not sending their best. It's not, this is not a race thing. This has nothing to do with this. The law is the law. Now, I mean, obviously we had, uh, under Reagan, we had the amnesty, uh, for those that could prove their merit. There has to be some kind of merit for you to stay here. The, the, the whole idea of, if you're if you're here already, we had we gave this 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 mass amnesty, but I, I and I can get on board with some of that. These people when they come down here, and they're not going through the proper channels. Yeah, which they're supposed to say to the United States, we will honor your respect of how the United States is being run. We will follow your laws and everything. But when these people are coming in. They're not promising anything. No. They could do anything they want once they get in here. No. uh, Border Patrol basically said they just walk up to us, ask us for food and money. And that's what we're stuck (coughs) complying with. Well, they come entitled, too. I actually watched a – 
I know we're in all of time right now, and I'm sorry for that, Sterling. I, I don't know how far we are into all of time, so we're probably going to close up here uh, here very shortly. But uh, uh, we'll say this: uh, they they come not not only are they wrecking the neighborhoods a lot of times, and like I said, they're not saying the best the criminal element, but they're also coming with the entitlement, like say food and food and shelter. There was a woman on the video this morning. She would not take. Then they've tried several times to get her an apartment, um, and she's she's actually here. Uh, uh, underneath uh, uh, some kind of a work visa, uh, this young woman that was in the video. Uh, but she wouldn't take the particular apartment because they didn't have parking close by. <laughs> well, you get what you get. Yeah, it's, it's being provided to you for free. You can't complain about free. She wanted a house with a garage. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wants a... a th- Three uh, three bedroom ranch with a two car garage. Everyone wants yeah. that. Come on, I've, everyone wants it. I've got a garage, but you couldn't put a car in it to begin with. <laughs> no, it's a mess out there. That's one thing he got from me. Also, a messy garage. Yeah, well, uh, don't, I, I didn't use my enough discernment on that. And with that, I think we can uh, uh, get. We've a, discerned that time has went past time. Yeah, we're we're into all of time, and I think we can let Christian uh, lead us in a closing yes. prayer. Amen. That would be good. I think we've talked about a lot of good things today, uh, but we definitely need to always keep everything a matter of prayer and not just in our own personal lives, but in things that go on with our families and our own homes for other people's families, their homes, but also uh, people also on the subject of politics. We need to pray for that the right man for the job gets in to the, um, to the right position and we need to pray that the right decisions are made and consider that are the things that are being passed today, can our, can our country continue, continue to support what's going on in the long run without it causing us to be negatively affected in, a, in the long run? So we need to pray that, that the Lord's hand is on the heart of the king, that he will guide every decision that's made so that things will go well, for families, friends, and family. So, all right. Well, let's close in a word of prayer. I've loved being on this show, loved being with you guys, and uh, learned a lot. And um, I just pray that uh, everyone's been blessed by this program. Thank so let's close in a word of prayer. Lord, again, we love you. And, uh, Lord, thank you that we're able to sit down as a, as a group and of fellow believers and where we can meet in one accord and have one mind together and Lord just be able to talk about things that are going on and in the home and outside the homes Lord we just pray that uh that we would always continue to look to you knowing that you're that that just realizing that the the, the world's a lot going on but that's the way it's always been the world's always been in a mess but the answer's never changed and, Lord, you are that answer. Lord, help us uh, as individuals, as families, and as a nation. Help us to uh, always set our thoughts, our hearts, and our affections towards you and always seek you through prayer and your word and help us to obey what you want us to do because only then will things work out in the best way. Lord, I pray that you'll bless this podcast. May it uh, shed light for all those who listen. And I pray that someone uh, will get saved by listening to this program. 
Lord, we just ask for your blessing that, uh, that you would be glorified, that Jesus Christ's name and the gospel would be spread throughout all the world. And we pray that as many as possible souls would be saved. We ask for your blessing now. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That was the man that brought the message tonight, young Mr. Christian Warpel. Did I get it right again? You got it right oh, again. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's celebration. Where are my yeah. cheers? Cheers. <laughs> Thanks, Cam. You're a real pal. <laughs> now remember that cheer button here in just a second. <laughs> and speaking there is my father, Gary Moore. <laughs> Host of More on the More. You can check that out on YouTube. Uh, hopefully soon enough he'll be joining us here at Revolver Broadcasting. We're hoping to. I'm try- trying to drag him in. Um, I've been several times trying to drag him in on get, uh, becoming a member of Revolver Broadcasting. We'll see how that goes. A Negotiations. Permanent, a yeah. permanent member. I might have to use pizza to reel him in. Um, <laughs> 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 None for me. Uh, <laughs> so thanks for coming, Pop. Oh, always good yeah. to be here. It's good to be able to come in and support Christian uh, on his first time. It's uh it can be a little intimidating if, you know, you yeah. don't know what you're getting into. So, you know. A familiar face helps. Yeah. yeah. Familiar, definitely a familiar face makes it a whole lot easier to do. Yes. And, uh, it's good to be here. It's always a joy. <laughs> yeah. and Good well, hanging uh, out with you, Louie. It's always And fun. I like hanging out with you. Uh, <laughs> that's at, good. At, before I get, get too far, I wanted to th- go back one real quick. Thank you for coming here, Christian, and, and being a part of this and, uh, and I, I hope that, you know, like you said, you, you enjoyed it. So I'm glad to hear that. Uh, 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 sometimes um, we think that uh, we're not going to be um, uh, good enough for, for, for people's certain people's standards out there. And not, not to say that you have higher standards in the show. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying um, that I wondered if we were going to be uh, the, the the right fit and, and, and the way that we all kind of, go back and forth and everything. And, and it was really great to see you fit right in because I think with, when you have a, a group of uh, men of God or people of God in that, in that way, um, you're always going to have the right fit. And so it was really good to hear that uh, you enjoyed yourself and, and thank you for being here uh, once again. Uh, now, he's already got his headphones off, folks. Uh, but uh, next to me, uh, my best friend uh, in the whole world, uh the, the the angry Puerto Rican, <laughs> host of Rodriguez Rants, Louis Rodriguez. Thank you for joining us, sir. Thank you for having me. It was always a pleasure being here, and it was nice listening to you all preach. Yes, thank you. I never got my applause. Everyone else did. <laughs> How about applause for Christian? There we go. <laughs> Your public awaits you. <laughs> <laughs> now we'll have to wear a suit and ties, yeah? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Take that, Fetterman. Um, <laughs> We're still dressed better than Fetterman. <laughs> Isn't that something? Yes. All it took was T-shirt and jeans. Uh, and I've been your host, Joshua Cummins, reminding you to stay in trouble. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>